Live from the studios of News Talk 1480 WHBC, it's Kenny and JT. All right, let's talk some Browns football right now. Let's talk some Deshaun Watson practicing for the Cleveland Browns today. How about that? That's one of the big stories of the day. And joining us to break that all down, Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan Browns Radio Network, uh, Daryl Ryder joining us. How are you, D? Good, guys. How are you? Daryl, the big news today coming out of Bria for us anyways is the fact that we heard that Deshaun Watson practiced. Any truth to that? Yes, and I posted video to prove it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, his first practice since late September. Uh, it's been about three weeks. Uh, looked okay. Um, had a nice uh, 30-yard throw, but you could tell that they were really working him in. Uh, ramping him up is the term that uh, offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt used mm-hmm. uh, prior to practice. You could kind of see that in some of the throws that they were having him make. We'll see what it means for Sunday, but a good sign uh, that he was back on the field and throwing footballs. And, um, you know, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see if he plays against Indianapolis. Throws as in multiple, which is good news, because the last time we heard that he threw a football, it was kind of like two lobs, and I'm not playing on Sunday. Daryl, when, when you consider the fact that if he did practice and hasn't thrown a ball in quite a while, could be a little bit sore tomorrow. What do we expect? I have no idea. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, um, you know, we talked to Deshaun on Wednesday, and he, I, I was able to get out of him that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he is aware that the, this rotator cuff injury that he has uh, is a four- to six-week type of injury normally. Wow. Um, and this is week number four of uh, dealing with this. So um, that was a sign that a he's potentially close but also maybe he needs another week or two before he's able to uh you know get back out there but i I just i have no idea what to expect this has been the longest day-to-day shoulder injury i have ever seen uh the messaging from the browns (laughs) Mm -hmm. has been terrible they should have said from the get-go that he's week to week and that i think would have uh slowed the temperature a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, people anxious to, to see him get back out there. But, um, you know, this is kind of part of the process. Give it, a, give it a look today, see how it feels tomorrow. And if it feels good tomorrow, okay, he practices again. And then if it feels good and he maybe he's able to do a little more on Friday during practice, um, then you can see how he feels on Saturday and again on Sunday morning. So, um, unfortunately, it, it doesn't seem like there's uh, much of an owner's manual here uh, when you talk about this rotator cuff injury. Daryl, what you saw today, I'm guessing these were only the individual drills. You didn't get to see who took first team reps, correct? He was first in line in the individual drills, um, and he did skip a few turns in those as well. But he threw um, at least two dozen footballs while practice was open for us. So he did throw a fair amount. It, it wasn't uh, – let, let's put it this way. It took me about 15 minutes to cut 20 minutes of practice film uh, <laughs> down to about uh, 2 minutes and 20 seconds because that's what Excel let me uh, post uh, on their uh, platform. So, um, you know, it, it wasn't a full workload. He was officially listed as limited on the team's injury report today, but obviously that's a lot better than a DNP. 
Daryl, earlier, Kenny and I were talking about this, and if he is ready to go and he can go on Sunday, let's say he's not at 100%, better to have a 70% or maybe a little bit better Deshaun Watson or 100% P.J. Walker? Well, because of the injury he suffered, I'd rather him not play until he's close to 100%, quite frankly, Mm -hmm. because um, he described the injury as micro-tears or a strain uh, of uh, the rotator cuff. And um, now, he claims, and everyone seems to claim that, oh, he's fine. If he goes out, he's not going to hurt it any further. Mm -hmm. Um, I I don't need a medical degree to understand the sport of football and that if he keeps getting hit on that shoulder, that it's going to get worse. So uh, I am of the belief that let that thing heal as much as possible before you put him out there. Um, Watson told us pain is not an issue for him. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is all about his ability muscularly to throw the football with the, the accuracy, uh-huh. the distance, the velocity that is required of him. And uh, that is what he had been struggling with in recent weeks. So, again, it was good to see uh, him out there. It was I mean, he threw a beautiful ball to Amari Cooper that went about 30 yards nice. or so, maybe a little less. But it was a nice tight spiral. It was on target, um, you know. And again, they started in with short throws, mm-hmm. and then they just, you know, just started to elongate a little bit before we were uh, asked to leave <laughs> because <laughs> they were about to go in their uh, in, into their team periods. But um, yeah, it's uh, you know, uh, we'll 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 see what yeah. he's able to do uh, if he's able to come back on Friday or not. Daryl Ryder is our guest right now, 92.3, the fan. Also, it's always game day in Cleveland podcast. Daryl, you think about this quarterback situation and the way the Browns have been playing in this injury. I, I look at the fact that, and I, I agree with you too, because I would look at it in one way and say, okay, I think I'd rather have a 70% or a little bit better quarterback than a practice squad guy. But if you're able to beat arguably the best team in football with that backup quarterback, I now believe, as you do, let this guy get totally healed up before you move further uh, at that position. But I want to change directions to a little bit and talk about this defense because prior to the San Francisco game, we thought, okay, defense was good against a bang-up Joe Burrow. Tennessee never had a good quarterback. The Ravens beat us. And the defense, are they motivated by what the Niners did maybe before the game or their record? Or are they really, really that good? I think that the 49ers peeved them off before the game. And I also believe that they're really that good. Um, Jim Schwartz and what he's done coming in, he uh, has instilled a lot of confidence in them. He wants them to play with personality. He wants them celebrating as a, as a unit. After they make big plays, you don't see a lot of individualism uh, with this particular defense under Schwartz. Uh, Schwartz had a great line today. Let me pull it up here real quick. It, it was pretty funny. He said, well, they don't give out any trophies mm-hmm. for five weeks. <laughs> and then later on he added, um, uh, so let me know when the five-week stats are part of the tiebreaker. When they are, we'll finally concentrate on that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he's having no problem keeping his players grounded as well. Um, the haters, I think, uh, have died down a little bit, everyone is uh, giving them lots of love and lots of praise. And that is one of the primary questions. How do the Browns handle success? How do they handle uh, the haters 
being very, very quiet. You know what I'm saying? Because it's yep. easy to play when a chip's on your shoulder and you're saying, yeah, everyone thinks we stink and blah, blah, blah. Let's go out there and, you know, prove them wrong. Uh, it, it's another when nobody's criticizing you. Everyone is pumping you up and gassing you up and, uh, you know, uh, singing your praises. How, how does this team respond to that? Uh, remains to be seen. But I, I, I'm fairly confident that it's not going to be an issue. Talked to a couple guys this week, and they kind of mentioned how Schwartz is the king of keeping them grounded. <laughs> Just mm-hmm. when they start feeling themselves, he is always there to bring them back down to earth and give them a list of things that they need to correct or they need to improve upon. So, But I, I do feel like this defense is this good. What they've done through the first five weeks is historic. Uh, it's been 52 years since a team uh, allowed this few yards through their first five games. Um, they are uh, allowing like 40 fewer first downs than the next team in line. Uh, their uh, third down conversion rate percentage last season was nearly 40%. That is down to around 23% through five games now. So they, it, it, this the run defense is vastly improved. Uh, they're going to get tested this week, though. Uh, you know, um, Dalvin Tomlinson's been great, not stacking a lot of stats, but he's been a force a disruptive force in the middle of the defensive line, but when uh, you've got what they're going to have to try and slow down, and, you know, Zach Moss is one of the, the leading uh, rushers. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is uh, kind of rounding back into shape after finally getting his contract situated. Um, they're going to get tested on the ground this week. Uh, Gardner Minshew's coming off a terrible game in which he threw four interceptions. So, uh, you know, the Browns haven't created a lot of turnovers. Well, maybe this is an opportunity for them to create some turnovers. And part of the reason they haven't created a lot of turnovers is they're too busy getting three and out. Daryl Ryder is our guest, outstanding Browns beat reporter, 92.3 The Fan, and, of course, on the Browns Radio Network. Follow him on Twitter, Instagram, at WrongFan. Daryl, what about the rest of the walking wounded? We've spent so much, you know, dissecting his shoulder. There are other guys that uh, uh, were, were either out last game or got hurt last game. Concussions, knee injuries. What, what do we know about some of those guys? Well, good news. Joel Batonio's back. Uh, sad to see his streak come to an end, uh, but... Um, he's gonna, he's gonna be back. We spoke with him today, even though he didn't practice today. This is more about just, you know, let's be honest, Joel Batonio don't need to practice anyway. So, right. um, it, it's all about resting that, uh, knee that got a, a scope during uh, the bye week. Uh, Harrison Bryant, uh, has a hip injury. Kareem Hunt has a thigh injury. Greg Newsom, a hamstring. Uh, Anthony Walker, uh, still in concussion protocol, but, uh, limited, uh, receiver Mari Cooper. Uh, a little bit of an ankle injury, not not all that big of a deal there. Uh, you know, Miles Garrett uh, got a day off yesterday, and nothing to worry about there. Uh, you know, uh, Cedric Tillman's hip injury, he's fine. So, I honestly, Kenny, I think they're going to be fine. I, I anticipate pretty much the only question is Anthony Walker because of the concussion protocol. But everybody else that I mentioned there, I fully anticipate that um, – you know, uh, they'll be available on Sunday. Darrell, I want to take you back to last Sunday, the 49ers game, and I know you'll know this because we weren't sure, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. In the postgame, in the locker room, Coach Stefanski says, hey, who wants to come in tomorrow? And nobody said poo. And I was wondering, what is the normal practice schedule routine? Do they normally, after a win or a game on a Sunday, not practice until Wednesday? Do they just maybe work out? 
with the weight room on Mondays and Tuesdays? Yeah, there's no practice on Monday. Um, Monday is basically meetings and maintenance. Uh, you know, if you got banged up the day okay. before, you're in the trainer room getting treatment, right? You're in meetings, breaking down the film from the day before. Maybe you take a peek ahead, if it, depending on uh, who the opponent is. But, yeah, Mondays are not uh, real extensive. So, um, fans gave him the option to, uh, you know, have have the day off. Um, he, get, he allowed them to come a little later in the building. Uh, on, uh, or I should say, they got a later start on Wednesday because they kind of did Monday's work on Wednesday uh-huh. before getting in to their uh, their typical Wednesday. But yeah, I mean, you know what? You win a game like that, I yeah. think you're in the day off. But Tuesday's an off. <laughs> is is Tuesday normally an off day? Tuesday is mandated. You're mandated to have one okay. off day uh, per the CBA during the week. And most of the teams elect to do that on Tuesday. I think the Steelers are like the only, like my, I know Mike Tomlin does his one weekly press conference on Tuesdays. I don't know if the Steelers, uh, you have the players in, if they give them Mondays off and have them in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or whatever. But I, I know most of the league Tuesday is an off day with the exception being if they got to turn around and come back and play on a Thursday night. Gotcha. Darrell Ryder breaking it down as only he can. Brown's getting ready for a road game at Indianapolis. Darrell, we look at this portion of the schedule at Indy, at Seattle, home against Arizona before uh, they play uh, divisional games again against Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Uh, Is it safe to say, Darrell, that this is a favorable part of the schedule for them and anything short of 2-1 and would be a disappointment? No, it's not favorable. Uh, The the Colts uh, have, have three wins under their belt. Uh, certainly coming off a, a bit of a disappointment. Seattle is uh, a less than fun place to play. Uh, obviously, Arizona is playing better than a lot of people thought that they were, even though their record certainly doesn't reflect that. So, no. To me, the, the schedule doesn't get favorable until after the Steelers game in mid-November. When they, But the problem for the Browns is they got to go on the road. Mm-hmm. You know, the Broncos stink to high heaven, but they got to go to Denver. The Rams aren't that good, but they got to go to the uh, to Los Angeles, right? Jacksonville's really good. The Bears are trash. Uh, the Texans are better than many people thought. And okay. who knows what to make of the New York Jets without Aaron Rodgers. But, uh, you know, they're, they're playing hard for Coach Sala there. So, uh, and then, of course, we all know uh, the Browns seem to have the Bengals number, uh, and that's where they'll uh, end up the season. But I still feel like there's 10, 11 wins. Uh, on this schedule for them, but I, I would not consider this part of the schedule, Kenny, a soft spot for them. All right, yeah, I, you're right. Back-to-back road games, I get it. But I looked at Indy. I don't. I know you are what your record says you are. I don't think Indy's that good, but we'll find out. Uh, and then it's always tough to travel to see. I mean, how much do you think that was a factor with San Fran having to travel uh, and play a 10 a.m. kickoff, which is you know. Uh, for them, but 1 p.m. for everybody in the Eastern time zone uh, and playing, you know, the night game. Uh, so it's somewhat of a, a shorter week. Uh, do you think that factored into it at all in uh, the, the Browns beating San Francisco last week? Might have been a factor, but, um, you know, I, I typically what the league likes to do is make those four o'clock games for West Coast teams. So 
Uh, I think the schedule makers uh, smiled upon the Browns a little bit by making that a, a, one, a 1 p.m. kickoff time here. As you mentioned, 10, on the, the West Coast body clock, 10 a.m. You know what? I, you know what it was a factor? The Browns yeah. defense. <laughs> that was okay. a factor. Miles Garrett, Dallin Tomlinson, Zedaria Smith, Denzel Ward, uh, Martin Emerson, Grant Delpit. That was the factor of why Brock Purdy and the 49er offense, uh, you know, looked like they were actually human after all, I think more so uh, than the uh, than the 10 a.m. Pacific time kickoff. Daryl, great stuff as always. Keep up the fantastic work for 92.3 The Fan, Browns Radio Network, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff. You're doing a great job, and we appreciate the time. You bet. Talk to you guys next week.